You're listening to the Esther Collective Podcast, the show that brings you real talk for young women today. We're a group of 18 to 30s women discussing life's big issues with honesty, hope and a sense of humour. So grab a cuppa and join us for another episode of the Esther Collective Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Esther Collective Podcast. I'm Jessie. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Hannah. In today's episode, we're going to be exploring the topic of eating disorders. But before we dive into our discussions, I have a question for you all. So if you could travel anywhere in the world tomorrow, where would you pick and why? Hannah, why don't you start us off? I found this really difficult because I want to say somewhere exotic and exciting. But actually, I just really love where I live and I love just going for a drive like 20 minutes down the road and exploring. But if I was going to choose somewhere exotic on the other side of the world, I would choose New Zealand because people have told me that it's quite like Britain, but it's sunnier and warmer. (laughs) And that would be nice. So apparently it's really beautiful and really stunning and there's lots to explore. So I think that's where I would choose. Nice. I've always wanted to go to um, Mm. New Zealand. Yeah. What about you, Charlotte? Yeah, well, I actually found this really easy. So I would go to the Maldives (laughs) with my husband because our honeymoon to the Maldives got cancelled because of coronavirus. And so I would love for us to be able to go there safely, go back to the Maldives and have our honeymoon. (laughs) No, that would be nice. (laughs) Hopefully soon. Yeah. Yeah, I think mine would probably be Japan. So simply, I've always wanted to go to Japan it's on my bucket list and I remember when anyone asked me when I was younger where I wanted to go it was always Japan. I find the culture fascinating and I want to explore Tokyo I think that would be fantastic. I also love cherry blossom and they have a great cherry blossom season and I'd really like to see that in real life rather than just through the photos. Yeah. So many of you have probably read the title of this episode, Eating Disorders, and are probably sat wondering, is this podcast one for me? Is it worth listening to? Well, I think the simple answer to that is yes. Whether you know nothing at all about eating disorders or you know lots, whether you've got a family member or a friend struggling with an eating disorder, whether you work with people who have eating disorders or even if you're personally living with one, then this is the place for you. There are so many different types of eating disorders, yet we only really tend to hear about the most common ones. So let's start off by talking about a range of different ones. So you've probably heard of anorexia nervosa. I think it's probably the most commonly known eating disorder. If you don't, anorexia is when you try and keep your weight as low as possible by not eating food, exercising too much or both together. People with this eating disorder tend to be at a very low weight, so BMI below 18. Then you've got bulimia. This is when you try and make yourself sick to reduce your size, your shape and you often lose control and eat a lot of food in a very short space of time. This is sometimes referred to as binging. And then, like I say, deliberately sick or use laxatives to stop you from gaining the weight from what you've binged on. I think the next one, binge eating disorder, it's not often spoke about as much as it should be. 
This is when people regularly lose control of their eating by eating large amounts of food at once until they feel uncomfortably full. This often leads to a lot of guilt and upset, but like I say, it's not so commonly talked about because I think, unfortunately, when people hear the word eating disorders, they often only think about people who are very underweight. So this is sometimes missed. Mm. Uh, The next one, which is even more commonly missed, is something called avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, which is abbreviated to ARFID. This is an illness in which someone restricts their eating by having smaller amounts of food, avoiding certain foods altogether or food groups, for example, carbs, Someone with ARFID doesn't really restrict their food intake for the specific purpose of losing weight, but they still tend to be quite low weight because of the way in which they view food. Mm. So new terminology is something called eating disorder not otherwise specified. It can be abbreviated to EDNOS. And this is when your symptoms don't necessarily exactly match those of anorexia, bulimia, arthrid or binge eating, but it doesn't mean it's any less serious. You just don't necessarily fit into a specific category. They're just a handful, really, of some eating disorders. There's so many more. I've been looking at figures, actually, and... Did you know that figures from data published by the National Institute for Healthcare and Excellence BEAT, which is an eating disorder charity, and also anorexia and bulimia care, show that between 1.25 and 3.4 million people in the UK are affected by an eating disorder. Yeah, and there are loads more figures um, from these organisations as well. They also say that around 25% of those affected by an eating disorder are male. We don't always think about that. Most eating disorders develop during adolescence, although there are cases of eating disorders developing tragically in children as young as six and also in adults in their 70s. Eating disorders are most common, though, in individuals between the ages of 16 and 40 years old. And Jessie went through the different kinds of eating disorders. Around 10% of people affected by an eating disorder suffer from anorexia nervosa. And the average age of onset for anorexia nervosa is 16 to 17 years old. And even though bulimia might not be the first eating disorder that we think of, I think most people would think of anorexia, 40% of people affected by an eating disorder suffer from bulimia nervosa. And the average age of onset for that is between 18 and 19 years old. The rest of sufferers fall into the binge eating disorder or OSFED categories of eating disorders. So kind of all those other ones where the symptoms don't necessarily match perfectly with any of the others. Research suggests that individuals who have family members with eating disorders are more likely to develop eating disorders themselves when compared to individuals who have no family history of these illnesses. It's quite scary when you look at the figures, really, isn't it? It surprises you, I think. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, eating disorders have the highest mortality rate amongst other psychiatric disorders, such as depression or anxiety. And specifically, anorexia nervosa has the highest of any psychiatric disorder in adolescence. That's because of the way anorexia manifests itself. It does cause people to lose a significant amount of weight in a short period of time. And I think the earlier the eating disorder treatment is sought, the better the person's chance of recovery. 
Hannah, Charlotte, can you think of any TV soaps or shows or films that have had a storyline based on someone battling with an eating disorder? Yeah, so I don't really watch soaps, so I probably would have missed all those. But I'm a drama teacher and there's a play that we study with our GCSE students, so students who are sort of 15, 16 years old. And for part of their qualification, they have to perform a monologue. So there's a whole load of plays that we as drama teachers regularly will pinch really good monologues from and really powerful Mm. monologues from for the students to perform for their examinations. And one of the plays that we use is called Hard to Swallow, and it's by a guy called Mark Wheeler. It's based on a book that was written by someone called Maureen Dunbar, and her daughter suffered from anorexia and sadly died after seven years of suffering from that illness. And the book was written based on her daughter's diaries. So her name was Catherine. And she wrote a book based on her daughter's diaries and based on her family's experience. So it really looks at how Catherine's experience with anorexia impacts on her family and her friends and the people around her. So I don't know it amazingly well, but the few monologues that I've worked with students on are so powerful and really help to show just how devastating eating disorders can be and how kind of far-reaching the effects can be for the people in the lives of the sufferers. So that's a really incredibly powerful kind of account of what these eating disorders can do to people. But I think really important that that's shared with teenagers and that they're aware that this is out there and something that could affect them or could affect their friends or their family. Yeah, I think it's great to hear that those types of stories are being included in things like monologues that students are having to look at, work on and use as part of their exams. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Charlotte? Yeah, it's a really hard question, actually. I've been really racking my brains to think of TV shows or films. And it's quite incredible. And I think that actually I'm really struggling to to name any, which is quite sad in and of itself. But I did hear that there was a storyline, I think, in EastEnders. Jesse, I think you're more of a soap fan than I am. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right there, Charlotte. So EastEnders had a storyline last year or the year before. Honey Mitchell finally opened up about her eating disorder and admitted she needed help. It focused mainly on bulimia. She was making herself sick and struggling to eat, restricting a lot. And this kind of illness for her followed on from a destructive relationship that she was having with her boyfriend at the time who was cheating and I think it's important to say at this point whilst eating disorders can be brought on by social factors such as breakdowns in relationships there is a whole host of factors that can play a role so we can't just reduce it to to one type of thing that can cause it for example can be more at risk if you have a family member who has a history of an eating disorder, if you've been criticised for your eating habits in the past, if you've been criticised because of your body shape or weight, or you're overly concerned with being slim. I think particularly if you've also felt pressure from society, for example, social media, we've talked about that before and how that can really affect people's self-confidence and self-esteem. And also, this is one people don't think about often, but because of your job. So, for example, ballet dancers, there's a big, big eating disorder population within the profession of ballet. Jockeys, models, athletes. Also, if you have anxiety, low self-esteem or an obsessive personality, including if you're a perfectionist, this can make you at higher risk of developing maladaptive eating habits and if you've been sexually abused I think that's a big one I think 
the main one for me that comes to mind is Hollyoaks. I don't know if you guys watch Hollyoaks or if anyone's watched it in the past. It's quite an old storyline, but there was Jason's eating disorder and body dysmorphia, sea lion's eating disorder that have been quite background storylines. So Jason's eating disorder and body dysmorphia was quite a long running storyline as we saw his symptoms develop slowly. It was a good storyline, but what I found was when his eating disorder was found out and he spent a few weeks in an eating disorder clinic, after he came out, the storyline seemed to fade into the background a bit. It's interesting to see, really, how they didn't really give it much focus after they'd been in the eating disorder clinic. It was almost like they came out and everything was fine and we lost kind of focus. And that's not really how it is in real life. Eating disorders, they're so rarely done in film and television, so I think it would be really good to see them try and remove the stigma around them more. If you're a regular listener, you probably heard in the Healthy Eating episode that I have actually personally battled with anorexia and bulimia. I'm now recovered, so I won't go into much detail because if you've missed it, you can go back and check out the episode and have a listen. But what I will say is that public awareness is so important Many people have no idea what eating disorders are and even if they do know bits about them, they don't know how to manage them and I feel like I would have felt a lot more confident that I wasn't completely on my own or constantly judged or misunderstood by other people and that taboo around it wasn't so much if more people were exposed to the reality of what eating disorders are through film and television doing good storylines. Coco stands for Keep On Keeping On and this is an online place for teenage girls and a great resource for youth leaders too. There are films, blogs, insights and support about literally living life to the full. And I wrote a piece that was published on there a few years ago now that talks about my personal journey with an eating disorder and it's called Recovery Isn't All Sunshine and Rainbows. So it'd be great if people could check that out. We'll put a link onto our website for you so you can have a look at that. I've tried to write it in a way that's really quite real and raw. So I thought before we carry on, because this is a heavy topic, we'll have a little question and discussion between ourselves. And I think because we spoke about places where we'd like to travel and I mentioned about Japan, got a really random question for you both so in japan to the closest 10 how many different kit kat flavors have been made and can you name any of the unusual ones oh, that's a really hard question i've never thought about kit kat flavors <laughs> in japan before <laughs> seeing as you said closest 10 i think it's got to be quite high so i'm gonna guess um 230 Oh my gosh, that is a very high number. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to guess 25 before you said nearest 10. So I feel like that's blown that out of the water. I'm going to go for uh, 70. Um, And I can't think of that many unusual flavours. I was going to say peanut butter, but we have peanut butter here, don't we? So Mm. that's not that unusual. Uh, I was thinking something quite out there. What about edamame beans? Oh, yeah, that would be out there. I don't think I would want (laughs) Charlotte, you've hit the nail on the head. That (gasps) is one of the flavours. Yes, really. So I I thought because my friend went to Japan and she brought back some sweets that were like crushed bean sweets. And so I wondered if there was something like that. Yes, go me. (laughs) Do you want to know who was closest? 
Yes. Yes. Okay. So Charlotte, you were closest. So there's actually over 300 different wow. flavors of Kit Kats in Japan. That's crazy, oh, wow. isn't it? And That's you've already amazing. named one unusual flavor. Can you think of any other unusual flavors? I was going to ask if there was um, like a key lime pie or like a kiwi one. I wondered whether they'd have that. There is a kiwi one. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> there is. And that's more of a normal flavor um, that I found when I was researching. So we've got soy sauce flavor kick mm. mm. Yeah. Um, you've got miso soup flavor. Oh, gosh. Yes. Um, the, the one that I found that I was like, wow, I don't know how anybody would buy this is wasabi. I can't do wasabi. Yeah. I'm no, out. <laughs> I can't. So I'll tell you a funny story about that. When I was in, I think I was in Tunisia with my family, there was a sushi night in the hotel that we were at. And my sister told me to take a massive tablespoon of this green stuff because it tastes amazing. And I did. And I was choking for about an hour afterwards. <laughs> and I've never forgiven her since. <laughs> Didn't you tell me before, Jessie, that she said it, it was a bit like mayonnaise? <laughs> yeah, she said it was like mayonnaise. And honestly, wow, I I was so, like, I, I couldn't talk for ages. It was awful. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't fancy that being recreated in a Kit Kat. <laughs> No, stick with plain chocolate. Well, hopefully you've learned something new there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Some definitely. Some a bit random, some are a bit different. So I think we'll move on now to talk a bit about some practical advice and signposting. So I would just like to say, if you or a friend or a family member has an eating disorder, such as anorexia, bulimia, ARFID, or binge eating disorder, or even just difficulties in your relationship with food, or you know someone who's struggling at the minute to keep a healthy relationship with food, you probably want to do everything you can to help them recover. I think by listening to this podcast, you are already doing a great job. It shows you care and want to know more, which will help you to understand how they might be feeling. I think getting professional help from a doctor, nurse, or a school or college nurse will give you um, your friend or relative the best chance of getting better. This can be one of the most difficult steps for someone suffering from an eating disorder. It's that first step. So really trying to encourage them to seek help or offer to go along with them to kind of make that first step is really helpful. I'm not sure if I've mentioned it before, but I'm actually a practicing nurse and I specialize in mental health. I work with children in an inpatient unit and we found that the COVID pandemic that we're currently still navigating our way through that's actually caused a 50 to 70 percent increase in eating disorder referrals so I think it's something that's going to be more prominent in the future and something we definitely need to be aware of and be proactive in recognizing. Charlotte can you think of any other support or ways people can utilize yeah, so there's a couple of different things. So keep trying to include um, people you know who are struggling with an eating disorder. They might not want to go out or join in with activities, but you can keep trying to talk to them and ask them along, just like you did before. And even if they don't join in, it's still nice for them to have been asked and it will make them feel valued as a person, which I think is particularly important. And as we feel like 
we just don't know what to do, but we can just continue to be normal (laughs) and not highlight them as as anything different than your friends still. And also try to build up their self-esteem, perhaps by telling them what a great person they are and how much you appreciate having them in your life. And just like in the Bible, it says how God values us so much and he wants us to glorify our bodies. Our bodies are given to us by God. In 1 Corinthians 6, it says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? Glorify God in your body. And so just continue to encourage them, build up their self-esteem and tell them how much you appreciate them. Mm. Yeah. And just giving them your time and listening to them is really important just like with any other mental illness or with any other struggle that a friend or a family member might be going through it's really important to just listen and to just be there for them and let them know that you're there for whatever support you can give we don't have to have all the answers we don't have to give them the right advice necessarily or criticize their thinking even though that can be really difficult especially with eating disorders when the person might be saying awful things about themselves and and what they think of their bodies But it's really important that we don't have to have all the answers as long as we're there for them and we're listening and we're trying to be supportive and trying to make sure that they have an outlet and somebody to talk to and somebody to process things with can be really valuable. It can be even more important if you feel like they're rejecting your friendship or help that sometimes is quite a worrying thing. So it's important to stick by them and try and keep reminding them of your support, even if you feel like maybe you're being pushed away, which can be really difficult. Matthew 6.25 is a real encouraging verse and can be really encouraging if you're struggling with this. And it says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So there are lots of different ways that we can just remind people who might be struggling in this way that they're important and that they're valued and that they're loved just as they are. Mm, Yeah, Thank you for sharing both. That's really helpful, practical stuff. I've got a few signposting things that I would like to share. So I've talked about BEAT, which is an eating disorders charity called Beating Eating Disorders. That's what it stands for. It's the UK's leading charity for eating disorder recovery. They have so many resources, including peer support and regional projects to foster community awareness we will put a link on our website to their website I'm not sure if you've ever seen people wearing odd socks as a fundraiser type thing that is something that Beat set up and has taken a lead on there's the National Centre for Eating Disorders as well which provides training for professionals and resources for those struggling with eating disorders and then Anorexia and Bulimia Care another great charity organisation that is working with people who are suffering but also working alongside family and friends to help them we know it's been a bit heavy this podcast but we really have enjoyed chatting to you and we hope you've enjoyed listening and we'll see you next time bye thank you bye thanks for listening to the Esther collective podcast don't forget you can continue the conversation on facebook and twitter at Esther podcast and also on instagram at Esther collective podcast The Esther Collective Podcast is part of GB Ministries. This podcast features the song Realizer by Kevin McLeod, available from incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.